another episode of Vegan for the Culture. I feel like it has been so long since I've recorded an episode and it's so good to be back on the first day of Black History Month. If you're new to the podcast, this is Vegan for the Culture, your home for vegan food, culture, and wellness. I'm your host, Mahalit, and I'm a wellness coach, home cook, and spice connoisseur behind Just Wangursha. If you want to add some more spice into your wellness journey, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Just Wangursha linked in the description box down below. That's where I spend most of my time sharing my favorite cultural wellness content with all of you. All right, so it's February 1st, day one of Black History Month, and I'm so excited to celebrate all flavors, blackity, black, black, black. These 28 days are going to be full of cuisines that all represent the Black community in the United States. So I'm going to start off with some soul food, work through some Gullah Geechee cuisine, some Creole food, and then into the influence of the African and Caribbean diaspora on Black food here in America. So we're just going to get an insane month of flavors and I can't wait to keep sharing food history and recipes and flavors with all of you. So this month I really want to challenge us to take this kind of nuanced approach to this part of American food, right? Because black food is American food and I feel like there's been a tendency to want to group everything into soul food or everything even just more simply into black food instead of taking this kind of nuanced look at all of the influences and the histories behind these foods and how they've influenced the foods that we now call classic American foods. Um, And so... We're starting off with soul food because when black people were brought from West Africa, were enslaved and brought to the United States, soul food was this kind of first variation of black food, black cuisine as we'd see it here in the United States. And it was created from ingredients and spices and flavors that were accessible, sometimes familiar um, to the Black people who were brought to this land. And soul food gets a bad reputation, especially when it comes to talking about health and veganism. A lot of people think that soul food is not healthy that soul food can't be vegan friendly, but that really couldn't be further from the truth. When we take this kind of, you know, holistic and like critical look at soul food, we see so many plant-based ingredients throughout. We see like cornbread and greens and black eyed peas and all these staples that come from grains and vegetables that are accessible Now, in my opinion, soul food 
really gets a bad rep. There are a lot of people who assume that all soul food is not healthy, that it can't be vegan, that if you veganize soul food, it's not soul food anymore. And there's just all of these misconceptions when in reality, some of the animal products that were used to create these soul food dishes were just used out of necessity instead of necessarily um, what would have been preferred. Some of these animal fats and things were just more accessible than things like a plant-based oil. But if we really look at the intention behind these soul food dishes, we can see how we can bring out those same flavors, that same comfort, and that same history in these foods with plant-based dishes. Now, really early into my veganism, I remember going to vegan soul food restaurants. Um, so if you've heard about my vegan journey, my veganism was really inspired by fasting seasons in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. And during these periods of time, like eight weeks out of the year that I would go vegan leading up to Easter, I would explore, you know, vegan restaurants in the Bay Area that I wouldn't really otherwise try. And the Bay Area is home to a lot of black vegan activists. And so there were more vegan soul food restaurants really before other restaurants had started to cater to veganism. And so I remember some of my first vegan restaurant cafe experiences having all been soul food and just having these meals that had all of the flavor, had just all of the comfort. I'm somebody who loves macaroni and cheese and just seeing chefs create those flavors with all plants was really, really inspiring to me. So pretty early on when I went vegan, I really sought out the work of some soul food chefs who offer vegan recipes. Janae Claiborne is who's the person behind um, Sweet Potato Soul. Her cookbook really inspired some of my early you know, vegan creations that I was making. Bryant Terry does some really incredible work in bringing soul food flavors through in vegan dishes. And so I really kind of looked to this area of food very early in my veganism. And so I'm really excited to celebrate vegan soul food because I think there's just so much richness here that isn't explored, that isn't talked about as often. But on a bigger note too, I really want to give the flowers to all of the contributors to food culture in the United States as we know it. All of these cuisines that we'll be looking at this month, this week being soul food and every other week that's coming up is just a fraction of the contributions that black people have made to the food industry. And a lot of times we'll see, you know, these recipes being recognized when they're repurposed by white chefs and we never really get to celebrate their origins or celebrate the original creators of these flavors. Um, 
And so I want this month to really feel like we're looking at the inventors, the innovators, the creatives, and the food artists behind the foods and flavors that we all really love. I love the way that soul food just makes you feel, it feels like a, a warm hug every time you take a bite of the food. And, you know, a lot of times I think veganism is often portrayed as being always looking, I guess, how do I say this? I feel like veganism really needs soul food, if that makes sense. Like the impact that soul food has on veganism allows us to explore how we can have these American comfort foods in a way that's plant-based and where we're not missing all of the cheeses and the dairies and the butters and things that we think we can't live without. But I think what soul food really shows us in vegan soul food is that there is a lot of flavor and comfort already in like sweet potatoes and bakayed peas and greens and cornmeal and that As someone who is really passionate about us learning to cook so that we can feed each other and share these experiences, right? Gursha means a hand-fed bite of food to someone. And that's why I named just one Gursha the way I did is to invite people to have this bite. And I just feel like soul food is one of those things that's like, who doesn't want a bite of a kind of food that feels so nourishing and loving at the same time. My vegan soul food recipes are some of the dishes that I'll make for friends who are not at all vegan, not at all interested in vegan food. And it's always just been such a great way to introduce people because they're blown away at how much they can enjoy this delicious, delicious meal that they've always associated with meat and dairy and cheese and to see it through this vegan lens. It's pretty incredible. What I also love about soul food is you can really see the parallels in the cuisines with West Africa, right? You can really understand where the history of the flavors and the cooking techniques have come from. I spent a summer in Ghana where I was working for a fair trade organization. And while I was there, I had so much incredible Ghanaian food. I was really surprised to find that some of the dishes there really reminded me of some soul food dishes. Um, which just makes me, you know, imagine that there was some inspiration of those West African cuisines that was brought to this creation 
of soul food as black people were brought to the United States. I remember that one common street food dish in Ghana was red red, which is like these delicious, comforting black eyed peas. And the technique and the flavors that go into it are very similar to the way you'll find black eyed peas here in soul food restaurants. I also noticed similar flavors in the way that fish was cooked. I also noticed similarities in the way that meat was fried, like chicken and beef and pork and other meats. And to see these similarities in Ghana, just one country in West Africa, it just is so cool to see like the culinary history that like connects all of these lands together. So we're starting with soul food. This means that this week's inspiration really comes from the American South, not so much Louisiana because we'll be getting into Creole food, but all things Southern. I'm going to be sharing on Instagram what kinds of essentials you need to start making vegan soul food yourself, some of the benefits of eating these comfort foods like I said there is a reputation that soul food is not healthy but really there are just so many nourishing dishes you can make when you make vegan soul food for you and your loved ones and I want to show you what those are and how you can incorporate them into your busy schedule I'd have to say that one of my favorite things about soul food is that the culture around soul food, the way you eat it, the way you prepare it, it just really reminds me of this common thread between all black people of just bringing family and community together around food and how central that is, how these recipes that you pass down from generation to generation are ways of continuing these cultural stories. Soul food is this representation of this resilience, really, of West African culture, of Black people surviving and thriving and creating and innovating beautiful meals out of what was available, out of what's seasonal, out of what's here and I think that incorporating soul food into the way we eat is a way of better connecting us with this land and where we live. Lots of the ingredients that I'm going to be talking about and highlighting such as black eyed peas, sweet potatoes, okra, um, cornmeal, all these things are native to the United States and eating the things that grow local to us are so incredible because those vegetables, those that produce is growing with the exact combination of nutrients and minerals that we need to thrive in that place. And so soul food is a great way of incorporating seasonal foods. It's an incredible way of adding different forms of plant-based protein into our diets um, and it's just a way of celebrating American food. I mean there are just some 
foods that soul food has inspired that are American classics. Macaroni and cheese is an American classic. Fried chicken is an American classic. Um, and they're integral to the thread of this country. And so I'm so excited to talk all things soul food. And I want to give you guys some of the essentials that I want you all to consider adding to your grocery list. I'm going to talk about all these ingredients a lot more on Instagram. But if you've never bought these ingredients, you've never really looked at recipes with these ingredients, I just want you to challenge yourself to look at these five ingredients and see how you can add them into your weekly meals bit by bit. The first ingredient is okra. Okra is such an underrated food. It's so... Good. The great thing about okra is that it very much takes on the flavors of the way you season it, of the other ingredients you have. Um, it comes kind of in this long green sort of pod and has seeds in the middle. And so the way to cook it is you can chop it up and saute it. You can fry it. Um, you can really just throw it into anything and it doesn't take long to cook and you can season it however you want. It's a really great, I don't know if it's a fruit technically because it has seeds, um, but it's a great food to add to things like sauce, just anything you're sauteing, a little stir fry, um, you can add okra into your diet and just get all of those amazing nutrients. So okra is the first one you should look at. Number two is definitely black-eyed peas. Um, talk about just an amazing comfort food that also doubles as a plant-based protein. I love to actually add a little bit of bud buttery to my black-eyed peas when I cook them. I got that tip off of a recipe from Chef Marcus Samuelson and that little spiciness Balanced out with something creamy like a coconut milk with black-eyed peas is so good. But you can make a batch of black-eyed peas, and I love that you can put it in a like quinoa bowl, a rice bowl. You can put it on a salad. You can eat it with so many different kinds of sides, and it's really, really versatile. So that's something that you can kind of batch make and then use in several different kinds of dishes. The third is obviously a spice. We got to look at Old Bay seasoning. A lot of people think that the flavors of certain soul food dishes and also Creole dishes, that that fishiness comes from the actual fish, but a lot of it is actually Old Bay. And so Old Bay seasoning is a great way to create those flavors that maybe you liked in something like a crab boil or a jambalaya. Um, and you can add that in with just Old Bay seasoning and use mushrooms or other substitutes to create those same textures that you love in the dish. So I use Old Bay a ton. Number four is oyster mushrooms. If you're going to make some vegan fried chicken, like mock chicken, oyster mushrooms are hands down the way to go. You can double dredge and bread them exactly as you would your fried chicken and then pop it in the air fryer or fry it in a pan. It is 
so good make a sauce and it just really hits the spot so I love having oyster mushrooms around for that reason and the last ingredient is obviously cornmeal cornmeal is a necessity if you want to make cornbread if you want to make hush puppies and cornmeal is such a great grain to work with it is gluten free and it's also just one of those native foods like corn is a very native crop to the United States and we really want to be conscious of kind of eating in line of the places we live and getting this energy that's local and seasonal and a food like corn and cornmeal is just such a great thing to add into your diet if you're not eating it already cornmeal is something I definitely keep around and like I said cornbread hush puppies there's a million ways you can experiment and create delicious vegan soul food by keeping cornmeal in your pantry and so I hope you guys enjoy looking into I hope you all enjoy looking into these five ingredients I'm going to post more soul food ingredients and history and oh just i'm gonna be talking about soul food all week long you can tune in on instagram and i'll be also releasing some videos on tiktok at just one gursha so all of the links to get more content for black history month are going to be in the notes for the episode but in the meantime if you like this episode I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think of Vegan for the Culture and I can't wait to see what you all create with these five ingredients. I'll be back next week to talk about the Gullah Geechee cuisine and culture but in the meantime Happy start of Black History Month. I'll talk to you soon.